Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey everybody, hello people, I want to welcome you to tonight's edition of Bible News Radio. Yeah, I do. This is Morgan Harper Nichols and her song, Grateful. So, we'll let this play as all the social media platforms we on. Roll this out, people! And we're going to have a good conversation tonight. I guarantee you, you're not going to want to miss this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to play you a video that YouTube keeps removing, and it has to do with Floyd. Yeah, it does. And um, it's going to be controversial, but then again, what else is now? Right? We live in controversial days, people. Yeah, we do. So let's be grateful, okay? I got to play pickleball today. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I'm grateful for. So if you do me a favor and share this with your followers, that would be super great. Hey, hey, Natasha. Hi, Mia. Hey, Darren. I'm glad you're here, Darren. We're going to share something about Lou Sheldon, too. Mm-hmm. I love her. Mm-hmm. These are heart binoculars. In case you don't know, Mark Morgan is the sister of Jamie Grace. Mm-hmm. We're also going to talk about ID 2020, the chip and the mark of the beast. Is it the mark of the beast? So, going to share with you how you can bless people on me. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have something special up my sleeve, people. In fact, I might start with that. That's what we're going to do, yeah. I'll do that. I'll start with that first. All right, people. I'm going to turn down the volume here. I'm Morgan. 
you always will be. Mm -hmm. There we go. That's what good production does. Fades it out. Yeah. <laughs> Learn a couple of things after doing this for 16 years. So anyway, all right. So it is Friday night. Yeah. How are you guys enjoying the quarantine life, people? Are you? I don't know about you, but here in Spring Hill, it, it, the quarantine life is almost back to normal with this, with the exception of assisted living, which I have called Governor Lee, my governor here in Tennessee a few times and left my message saying, hey, when are you let me see my dad who's in assisted living? So, and I, and I also called my, uh, my, um, my, uh, assisted living facility as well and told them that, you know, I would, I would like to go see my dad. And I was told today that, um, no, <laughs> I was like, really? Anyway, so, uh, so we'll, we'll see, but I wanted to start tonight's show out by sharing a couple of things. First of all, uh, thank you for tuning in to the show. I mean, many of you know that we've been around doing this for quite some time and, um, you know, this 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 is like my baby, you know. This is Bible News Radio is like, you know, was birthed out of well, it was really kind of it just happened. It's I never dreamed that I would be doing something like this. And in the 16 years that I've done this this show, it started out as a podcast uh and, and of course about 5 years ago, uh we went to Periscope and we were on there. We kind of had the pocket thing and then as you know, Things developed, you know, and we do our best, Randall and I, to uh, produce a show that looks nice, uh, even though I know some people are like, your logo is ugly. <laughs> I get that. I still get that, by the way. Your logo is ugly, but I like you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's like a backhanded compliment. Whatever. You can insult my logo. I don't care. Um, but anyway, all I have to say um, you know, over the years we've had, um, we've had a lot of controversial things on this, on this show and we've done, you know, we like to address tough topics, but with a light touch, you know, I mean, Hey, you know, I mean, seriously, it's hard to take people with curly hair serious. And so I have to live up to the curly hair stereotype. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. So with that said, tonight, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a special blessing. Yes, I am. And then we're going to talk about the George Floyd controversy because this week in Spring Hill, Tennessee, Hicktown, USA, as I call it, there was a huge protest in my little area, you know, about 40 minutes or so outside the neck of the woods of Nashville, you know, which is huge. Kind of, well, for Hicktown, USA, it was huge. <laughs> The controversy, Less than maybe. Yeah, but still, the controversy was like, it was amazing. Uh, so we're we're gonna talk about that. Uh, we're gonna talk about some of the headlines of the day. But first thing I want to say is, um, you know, you guys know that Randall and I. Well, okay, a couple of announcements. Okay, here's for number one announce. Number one, I'm happy to say that we're gone nonprofit. Okay. Yay! Yay! Okay, it's only taken 16 years for us to go the nonprofit route. So, what does that mean? That means I got to pay for it. For it, it's going to cost me close to 1,400 dollars 
to apply for a nonprofit status. So any of you who would like us to <laughs> like to contribute to that, to help us get to that would be great. Uh, the sooner we can get that in, what I will tell you is the sooner those of you who donate will get a tax break, just so you know. We'll all get, we will all win, people. I can tell you, I know this for a fact, under the Obama administration, they took forever to get religious organizations put through with the nonprofit status. Under Trump, I hear it's about three months. Okay, who knows? That could change because of COVID-19. I don't know. But all I know is that this is a huge deal for me. Um, but we have a problem. Okay. <laughs> Part of the problem is, is I need a name for my nonprofit. We I don't want to bring that up if you we, didn't. We we don't want you know to call it Bible News Radio. That's just that that that's just a little part of it. So if you have any viable names that have anything to do with what we actually do, you know, I don't want it to have radio in the title. I don't want it to have my name in the title. You know, it has to be something, you know, that kind of encapsulates being a disciple or or discipleship. Or Bible teaching, Bible teaching, everything we've come up with so far is already is taken. taken. <laughs> so, that's why it's taking a while. So even if you don't have any suggestions, just pray for that. Because as soon as I can get that name done, then, um, you know, as soon as we can do that, then the paperwork, you know, our accountant will be filing that. Okay. So that's good news. That is good news, people. And it's a huge decision for us. And, uh, um, you know, and so those of you who donate, you know, you'll get a tax break, which is really nice. By the way, it's really nice of all you people who have donated to us, you know, without getting that tax break. I mean, I know what a sacrifice that is. And so thank you for that. Okay. So that's a nice announcement. Number one. Number two. Um, this is going to sound weird, but you know, one of my side gigs is send out cards. Okay, um, you know, you guys know I, I sell Legal Shield, but I also am an affiliate with Send Out Cards. Send Out Cards has a really great thing going on right now. And um, I would love, you know, if you have somebody you love that's in assisted living or, you know, you want them to have a note of encouragement, a card sent to them, what I can tell you is that I would love to send that card to that person on your behalf, okay? So what I would need is I would need that person's name, their address, what you want in the card, and I will send them a beautiful card free, okay? I don't care how many you want to. You can you can tell me to send, okay, I might put a limit because if you say, I want you to send 100 cards this month to like 100 of my friends, that's that's just going to take me too much time. It's not that I can't afford it, you know, with my plan. I can, but let's limit it to three, okay? So if you have three people that you want me to send a card to for you this month, send me the info on Messenger, okay? True story. You don't have to pay for anything. I will do it. But you got to give me the address. You got to give me the message you want. And I'll go ahead and I'll send them a card. Okay? For you. Or if you want, you can go to that right there. You go to sendoutcards.com forward slash you forward slash Stacy Lynn. 
I don't know why the U is there. I guess it's for user. You can go directly there. You can sign up for a basic free account. It's free. The, the account is you don't have to pay anything. And you can do it yourself. It will cost you a couple of bucks. But if you do it through my account, um, then, you know, then then it will help me out as a as an affiliate. But you don't have to pay me anything. The cards are two dollars and twenty seventy five cents, two seventy five for a really, really nice card um, and plus postage. OK, but if you want me to send you a free card, I could do that uh, with my account. Okay, so take me up on it. I want it. I want to do this for you. So take me up on it because, you know, it's not going to happen every day, just so you know. Okay, that's the other thing. All right. Anything else, Randall, we're going to talk about before? No, no okay. housekeeping things. All right. So I do want to say, um, let's pull up the longtime conservative warrior. You know, I want to bring this up first because this isn't getting much press in, in Christian media. So this past week, uh, Lou Sheldon, who was the founder of the Traditional Values Coalition, uh, died. He was 85 years old. Uh, this is an article from One News Now. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because Lou Sheldon and Beverly Sheldon and Andrea, his, their daughter, um, came to me and Randall about 20 years ago. Close to, well, that wasn't quite 20 years ago. It was, what, 2001? 2002? I, I can't remember. I would say three, but... 2003? Well, it was the year we went to Glisten. Right. So, two or three, somewhere. Okay. Well, anyway, it was, it was a while ago. They came to us and they said, Hey, we need some people to go into the Glisten Conference, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, on our behalf to represent Traditional, Traditional Values Coalition so that we... Um, can get the truth out there about what they're doing uh, to attack us, the traditional family, and all that. So Lou Sheldon, Beverly Sheldon, we didn't get paid for this. Uh, we did this purely as, um, you know, our duty. And, um, and we did. And I respect the Traditional Values Coalition. In fact, in, in case you guys didn't know this, Traditional Values Coalition was founded by him, the Reverend Lou Sheldon. Uh, and one of the very first things that they did was they put out the original voter guides so that, you know, Christians could know and conservatives, well, everybody can know what your elected officials believed so that you could vote in line with your biblical value. You know, in case you don't know this, the Reverend Lou Sheldon actually went to Princeton Theological Seminary. He's one of the very first people that told Princeton that they should have changed their name from the seminary to the cemetery because they no longer teach at that seminary um you know the basic tenets of of the faith you know he was one of the first people to call out um the bs in the culture and him and jerry falwell way back in the 80s um in mid 70s they together founded the moral majority uh which is you know, which is quite old now, but it is, it was kind of the beginning of the political, the Christian right political movement, if you will, um, to stand up to the culture and say, Hey, you know what, this is, you know, the pro-life movement has to, you know, Christians should be voting pro-life because the Bible talks about, you know, not murdering your baby and stuff. And, 
and uh, he came out hard against the gay lobby, uh, and they hate him. In fact, I I was so saddened by the fact that the homosexual lobby, when he died earlier this week, um, the homosexual lobby. I don't, you know, I'm not even going to give them. Uh, they they're they're the homosexual lobby. They hated him. Uh, most of the comments having to do with him dying. Um, basically more or less told, you know, they were saying they were happy he was burning in hell. So the one article, however, <laughs> I found written positively about Lou Sheldon was on One News Now by Charlie Butts. So let's read it in honor of Lou, okay? He, it says here, um, longtime conservative warrior remembered for telling the truth. Uh, the country has lost a longtime defender of biblical morality. Lou Sheldon, the founder of Traditional Values Coalition, has died at age 85 at his home in California. Greg Quinlan, who heads Garden State Families, said Sheldon stood for truth and endured the fiery darts that came from those who don't. Because it exposes their own activity, their own beliefs, and their own behavior, Quinlan says that Sheldon was willing to do that. As if it proved that point, Sheldon's passing earned him a story on The Advocate, the pro-homosexual news website, which called him one of the leading homophobes of the conservative movement. The story went on to complain that Sheldon was close to Newt Gingrich, the former Speaker of the House, supported Clarence Thomas's nomination, and repeatedly visit, vis, visited the White House during the George W. Bush administration. Sheldon started his career as a Presbyterian pastor, but switched to the Anglican Church when the denomination began drifting leftward. Quinlan, a former homosexual, says the late right-wing warrior was often called a hater by his opponents. That is not what he was at all, not at all, Quinlan recalls. He wanted to see the redemption of those who were caught in homosexuality. And what I can tell you is I know Greg personally, Greg Quinlan. Uh, he's a godly man. He is a former homosexual. Uh, he stands for the truth, just like Lou Sheldon did. And by the way, Beverly Sheldon, in case you aren't aware, uh, was affiliated pretty heavily with Concerned Women for America at one point. Uh, Beverly LaHaye founded Concerned Women for America. Um, and so what I can tell you is that, you know, some of the old guard, if you will, are dying out, which is why we now who are alive and remain, not only will we be caught up in the Lord, you know, with the Lord in the air, but we need to stand for biblical truth. And I have to tell you that this past Sunday was... Um, Pentecost, uh, was it, was, it was a Pentecost Sunday, right? Yes. Right. right. And I got to give a shout out to Pastor Jack Hibbs, man, just because Jack, he's a little tiger, you know, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, who's pastor of Calvary Chapel, um, Chino Hills, um, in Chino Hills, California, led the charge with something like 1200 to 1500 churches, all over California, probably all over America, who actually decided to open up their church on on March um, was on May thirty first, um, and basically say, "Hey, you know what? We're never going to shut our doors again, and we're back to stay. We're going to go ahead and obey to the guidelines to you know so that we're kind of quote protecting people and all that stuff. But you know this is never going to happen again under my watch." And you know what? He could have been arrested. And as I shared earlier uh, this week sometime, I can't remember where. It's probably my Daily Disciples group. I talked about how um, Pastor Jack, he knew he could have been arrested, but he did it anyway. Um, in the midst, here's the thing. In the midst of all these riots, 
with all these people, lawlessness abounding, right? People destroying businesses and destroying people's lives, you know, and yet here's the church in America, which is a help to the government, praying for revival, praying for those in, in authority, Gavin Newsom, praying that people will come to a place of repentance, praying that Jesus Christ would become the Lord of their life so that they could be set free from all this stuff that gives them the anger and the angst and all that stuff. Uh, and I have to tell you, Jack hit it out of the park with his message. It was awesome. It was like an hour long. I was like, yeah, Jack, you go, guy, you go. Woo, this is so awesome. You know, anyway. Uh, so what I'm going to tell you is that you can be part of that remnant of patriots. And I heard a guy talk uh, a couple hours ago, and he was talking about how, you know what, this isn't an issue of the left and the right. And it isn't an issue of the left and the right. This is the issue of our country, whether it's going to survive or not. And honestly, just between me and you, I think that we're here at the tipping point. And we have a choice whether or not we're going to be a patriot and uphold the Constitution or we're going to go the way to the dodo bird and we're going to end up becoming a communist nation like everybody else. Because right now what I can tell you is that the church in America is a state-run church again. Every church that does what the government is telling it to do is a state-run church. We shouldn't have to answer to the government about how we hold a church service. Okay, I get why we are, but here's the thing. Peace and safety. I was telling Randall this earlier today. We went out to lunch in, in our restaurant that we have this potato club thing at that we go to. And every restaurant, I mean, everywhere I'm going, what I'm going to say, every, you know, how many of you guys are seeing this too? Let me know. You, you're going in everywhere and there's plexiglass, right? And the, the funny part is, you know, anyway, let me make my point. So there's this plexiglass and then there's a big sign on here. We're having this here for your safety. And I'm like, okay, here's the plexiglass. I'm like over here. Going, hey, you know, how you doing? <laughs> the only place I've ever seen plexiglass inside a building was in a bank when I lived in California. Wells Fargo, you know, has this bulletproof plexiglass because it's a bank, right? So you got plexiglass and the whole purpose of it is for your safety. And I was telling Bareface, I was telling him on the way home or sometime, isn't it interesting that we're wanting peace and safety. You know, it's interesting because that phrase, peace and safety, is all over the Bible. What's going to happen? Will peace and safety come? Yeah, well, who do you think is going to bring it, though, to the world right now? Could it be somebody who doesn't like Jesus? Mm-hmm. Could it start out with signs in a restaurant saying this is for your safety? Never in my whole life have I felt so like, oh my gosh, people love me so much. They care about my health. Oh my gosh. I can't believe how much people care about my health. They're so concerned. So concerned that they're putting plexiglass up everywhere so that nobody can get close and germs can't go anywhere. You know, gosh, we should be like so lucky. You know, that's kind of my Jewish, you know, mockery of of, of what's going on because it's completely insane. 
even with pickleball, it's so stupid. It's like, okay, I got my pickleball. Should we sanitize before we hit the dumb thing? I mean, you know what I mean? It's not that bad, but it's stupid, right? But you got peace, you got safety, you got the spirit of darkness combating the spirit of light. And uh, here's a, here's a, here's a um, newsflash. The spirit of light wins. And you and me, if we're in Christ, we already won, guys. We already won. We don't have to walk in fear. Right? I mean, we don't. We don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to be all like, I'm going to wear a mask. You know, I'm going to do... <laughs> it's it's driving me crazy. I'm blessed. I live in Tennessee where a lot, most of the stuff is starting to open up, except for the assisted living. But anyway, all I have to say that it is... It's like if you just look, you can see what's going on. So, um, so earlier this week, Dr. Winnie Hartstrong actually posted a video over on YouTube. This thing went completely viral. It was flagged by the liberals and uh, YouTube took it down. Well, guess what? She, took, she put it back up just a little while ago. Right now, it only has 387 views, but it had hundreds of thousands of views prior to this thing being taken down. I want you to see this, not because I necessarily wholeheartedly agree with everything in this video, but I want you to see it because I think she makes some really, really good points um, in the video. Um, and I want you just to think for yourself and see if you can agree or disagree with some of the stuff that she's saying. And this is so important because YouTube keeps taking it down. So we're going to play it in this show. And if for some strange unknown reason our show gets taken down, at least those of you who were live got to see this video. All right, Bareface, you want to play it? I can do that. All right, Bareface is going to play it now. Hi there, I'm Dr. Winnie Hartstrong. I'm running for Congress to represent Missouri, and I was born in Minneapolis. This hospital where George Floyd supposedly took his last breath is where I took my first breath. So I'm very concerned about what's happening right now in my home state. I wanted to ask a few questions, and the thesis of what I have to say today is, George Floyd is alive, prove me wrong. I'm an academic, I've studied rhetoric. There's a natural department of rhetoric to study how to use words and reality toward your own advantage. We studied Hitler's rhetoric. I studied all America's founding documents going all the way to the Declaration of Independence and to President Trump's inaugural addresses. I even wrote a children's book on the president and I have some things to say about what's happening right now in our country. I am part of the MAGA movement. There's a concerted effort to quash the MAGA movement but that's not going to happen because there's a worldwide awakening and people around the world are waking up. I have so much to say about this. So George Floyd supposedly is being choked to death and he's crying out for his mom. We haven't heard anything about the mom. We haven't seen a family photo. We haven't seen a, 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 any evidence of them together as a cohesive unit. Floyd might be a fake name for all we know. What I know for sure is that there is a Floyd's in South Minneapolis that's a hot, hot spot, a, a gathering place for African-Americans in that, in that city, and it's a barbershop. So if I was gonna murder the psyche of a people, I would give this guy a Floyd name. John Floyd, George Floyd. I could get you 10 George Floyds by the end of the day. You know how you do it you lure in a homeless man you give him some drugs laced with poison and you kill him so that's exhibit a george floyd okay the person that has been booked now the photo of this chauvin officer is not the same person in the video who is strangling him 
There are cameras from around the world gathered right now in Minneapolis and there was no video evidence of this guy being arrested. So we're supposed to believe that the person that's in jail right now is a person we see in the video. Black America, you all need to wake up and stop being so emotional. You need to stop crying, stop looting, stop burning and start asking questions. There is no way that what we are seeing right now is a natural occurrence. Even in the video, you see behind the officer that the gas prices that are listed, those aren't coronavirus gas prices. Where I'm at, gas prices are, you know, much cheaper than that okay we see that the 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 numbers on the police cars are are changing one car has one number when the video changes angles it's a different number so what's happening here we see that the officer's badge is all crooked and he's not even really uh matching his his colleague they don't have the same police badge so what is really going on here if the cabal was able to present a buddy double to to for the kennedy assassinations Who's to say that George Floyd isn't 10 different people at this point? Okay, the coroner is even saying that there's no sign of asphyxiation. So that tells me that he's probably examining a different body and not George Floyd. George Floyd is probably somewhere enjoying his rich reward. And so is this Officer Chauvin, this so-called Officer Chauvin. Let me tell you what I know about Minnesota politics. I cut my teeth there. In 2011, I worked on the Tim Pawlenty campaign alongside Elise Stefanik, who is now a member of Congress. In 2012, I was on my way to Michelle Bachman's congressional office when I decided to go to graduate school instead and study politics. And let me tell you what I know. What I know is that we have been learning a backward history. So the history in the textbooks is actually the conspiracy and the conspiracy is the real history. So folks, do not believe anything you see or read or watch on TV, okay? Even this video, question this. I may have been paid to say this, but I'm not. I'm a real person and I'm putting Putting my real identity out there to question the narrative right now. Black America needs to stop being so emotional. Candace, I saw a video where you said, oh, this made, made me cry. Stop crying. Start asking questions, okay? We cannot be so emotional at the detriment of our community. Everyone's guilty. White America is guilt-ridden about slavery. Okay, well, my ancestors in Africa sold off their brothers and sisters into slavery. My Bible tells me that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we can all share the blame. So quit the guilt, quit the anger, and start asking questions. There is no way that George Floyd is dead. George Floyd is alive, America. Prove me wrong. There you go. All right. Well, okay. So there was a couple points she made in there. And first of all, Note the package, okay? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it boldly as a white woman. Just in case you didn't notice, I'm white. And I'm white privileged, apparently. Just so you know. And I know we've had this debate before. But what I will say is earlier this week in Spring Hill, when there was this so-called Black Lives Matter rally, there was a lady who stood up. She's a black lady. And... She preached all lives matter, okay? She used God's name and all that other stuff. The nerve, I say. The nerve. Like she was in church, hallelujah, okay? And I said to somebody as I was watching this, maybe it was just myself, I was like, if I had stood up there and I had said the exact same thing, I probably would not have gotten the applause, the hoots and hollers that this black lady did. Okay, even though she would have said the exact same thing I would have said, all lives matter. 
okay? When my city found out that Black Lives Matters was coming to rally and they were threatening to bus in tons of people to our little city here in Spring Hill, there was outrage in my Facebook group with 25,000 citizens in my city. I got in my car the morning of and I drove up and down Main Street because I knew where this was going to be and I stopped into my friend's places of business and I talked to the florist, I talked to a friend of mine that owns a furniture store, um, and I went into a couple other businesses, and I talked to the business owners, and I said, you know, are you guys okay? You know, what's, what, are, what is your thinking about this? And to the person, every single one of them was scared, okay? Why were they scared? Because of the riots, right? Why are, why are people rioting? Because they're sheep. Because I believe the media has a lot to say that's wrong about this whole situation. So anyway, I saw that this Dr. Winnie woman, that's her name, Dr. Winnie. Um, you know, she made these comments. YouTube took it down. Uh, some of my, my uh, other Facebook uh, people that I know, they got attacked by people. They never even commented on it. They just posted it and asked, what do you think? They got royally attacked. People blocked them and unfriended them. Um, but you know what stood out to me the most about what she said? Was what she made the comment about the mother. He's calling out for his mom, but nowhere in the media have you seen the mom. Now, I think that's changed. It might. Maybe it has changed, but... When she made this video, it hadn't changed. And what I can tell you is that during 9-11, when people were, were dying, and, and during, you know, the, the guns, the mass gun shootings that have happened, often you would see the mom crying, right? But the mom in this case apparently didn't come out, or if they had, I haven't seen it yet. But she makes a really good point, and she also makes a really good point about history, about conspiracy being true and the... You know, and all that, and in, in, in what we, you know, what we call <laughs> so-called truth now is not, you know, but the conspiracy theorists, you know, th those are true. 9-11 um, was a farce. You know, if you know anything about the Kennedy assassination, if you know about Ultra MK, MK Ultra rather, you know, all about that brainwashing stuff that goes on. You know, Alex Jones, I know he's gotten a... Um, bad rap because of just how he does stuff. But you know what? He documents everything he puts out. Glenn Beck does too. I'm not a big fan of either one of those guys. But what I can tell you is they document the headlines and all they do is rip the headlines and commentate and put the pieces together. You know what I mean? So think. And this is what I tell people. I've told people this for years. Ask why. Why why, 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 why is the media putting that up and not something else up? You just got to ask why. Well, I'll tell you why, in my opinion, the reason why they're putting what they're putting up is because the elite is really mad and they're upset that Donald Trump is the president. Donald Trump came in, he won you know, which shocked the world and upset Hillary. 
and the New World Order people, right? There is a New World Order. George Bush Sr. started talking about that in the 80s, right? Uh, I believe Kennedy was assassinated because he didn't want to do what the puppet masters behind the scenes, the Illuminati, the elite, whatever you want to call them, the deep state. He didn't want to do what they, they told they, they were doing. And so they assassinated him. Ronald Reagan, in case you didn't know, was almost assassinated. He was shot. The media covered up until he got better, in case you didn't know that. I was telling somebody that yesterday who's in their 20s. They had no idea of that, the history. But Ronald Reagan, you know, they went after him too, right? So then, you know, you have, you have the idea that Donald Trump has come in here. He has brought America back jobs from China you know, our economy was booming prior to this whole COVID-19 thing. Uh, black people, unemployment rate was the lowest ever, etc. And yet we're all forgetting about that, right? The media is no friend of the government. It never has been unless that person was on their side. You got to remember that, you know, Donald Trump is not a globalist unless this is a like a uh, a really bad, you know, movie, you know, where Donald Trump is like, okay, I'll play the martyr and the bad guy. Yeah, I will. I'll pretend that I'm going to make America great again by doing all this great stuff in the first half of my presidency. And then we're going to go ahead and we're going to bring America down because that's what we really want to do. Right. I mean, maybe that's the case. I don't know. But why would anybody in their right mind want to sign up for something stupid like that? The guy has a gazillion dollars. He's not doing it for the money. He has the, the most powerful position in the world. He's got that. So why would he do it? You know what I, I mean? That's stupid. Money and power. He's got it all. He doesn't need to do it all. So maybe, just maybe, Donald Trump is the real deal. And so the elite want to do everything that they can to bring him down by destroying our economy. You know what? As a business person, this week I was in a networking meeting. And the place that I go to network is a really nice bowling alley and an arcade uh, restaurant. You know, they got a bar, restaurant, bowling alley, games and stuff like that. That business is now closed. The owner of that business did nothing to have their business destroyed by this unseen virus that freaked the world out when it ha when it shouldn't have, you know, and, and that's a casualty. That guy did nothing wrong, right? But the media does everything that they do to destroy families, lives, and the world as long as they can instill fear in you. And destroy people's lives. There's nothing good that comes out of the media. The good stuff that comes out of the media, if any, is the alternative media like me. You know, Jack Hibbs, other places. It's like, we're trying to warn you and give you, give you real hope. You know, real, you know, truth. <laughs> through, you know, through the person of Jesus Christ. Hey, one of the things I want to let you know is that I'm trying to encourage you to read God's word every day. Get in the word of God. It is a challenge to get into God's word every day. Why? Why? You would think it'd be so easy to open the Bible and read it every day, but it's not. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. 
because the spirit of Antichrist and the devil is alive and well, and the fear, fear, fear of the enemy has so permeated the world that people are just so like, oh my gosh, I got to watch it. I got to see the the riot. I got to get all mad. I got to get, you know, oh, I got to talk. Meanwhile, the Prince of Peace is waiting for you. He's waiting for you. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit residing within you. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is peace. It's love. But if you're not focused into the word of God to look at it, to embrace it, and you're focused over on whatever media that's live streaming fear and destruction constantly to you, while they're telling you, hey, this is all for peace and safety. This is for your safety, people. Mm-hmm. This even drives me nuts because my dad is in assisted living. I know I keep bringing that up. And they keep saying, well, it's for the protection of that population. Well, you know what? I actually did some research. My dad is 91. The likelihood of him dying from coronavirus is extremely unlikely because nobody in that category is getting it, you know? And even if he did get it, he would probably not die from it because he's as healthy as a horse. Except for the fact that he's he's declining because he's in isolation like a criminal. You know, they're putting the elderly, you know, in solitary confinement and giving them food and they have to eat and they sit in front of their TV all stinking day wishing and hoping that they had a relative or a friend come in and talk to them. You know, so... <sighs> yeah, so it just irritates me, right? So there's an article... Then I want I want to read you. I don't know if I'm going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read part of it. It's from the, the World Economic Forum. And the title of it is, Now is the Time for a Great Reset. And, you know, I'm going to give Randall a minute to put that up, but I want to read some of your comments, too, that I can see. So, Darren has said some stuff. Um... Okay, so Natasha, so George Floyd's mom is dead. Is that is that what that was about? Okay, so she only has one video on YouTube, and this video is not on her channel. Well, they keep removing it. That's the thing. I saw interviews with the cousins of George. The funeral was arranged to be held at NCU. Okay, problem is people are lemmings. They follow everything the liberal media says. Some of our favorite family-owned restaurants have been closed here, too. You know, and that's the thing. Restaurants are hard to keep open in the first place. So when a restaurant goes under, that's not good. People today don't want the truth. All we need is God in our lives. Uh, Rob says, okay, yes. All right. And pretty pretty sure at some point, <laughs> I, I'm going to get my glasses that I'm waiting to come in. <laughs> so you'll no longer see me go like this, like, eh, sunny. <laughs> I can't read. Okay, anyway. All right. Okay, so you ready, Bareface? Oh, uh, for what? For the article. Which article? You weren't listening to me, were I you? I was. You said something about World Economic Council or something like that? That was the time for the Great Reset. I sent you that one. That was. Mm -hmm. a... You sure about that? I'm pretty sure, because I think it was the set one I sent you. Let's see here. Maybe I didn't. I don't think <gasps> I did. Can you believe that? Well, you know, when you're the producer, the on-air talent, 
you know, the host occasionally you forget stuff. Okay, so here it is. <laughs> I hope they'll get it, but uh, that's it right there. Messenger wasn't working earlier. Randall got a haircut. <clears throat> yeah, he did. All of the masks. And he had to wear a mask, which is the stupidest thing ever. You know? I'm, it's not going to help me. It's not? No. Oh, I put it in distiller. Okay, well, don't worry about it. I'll just read it. Okay. Sounds good. All right. The so, clock is ticking. <clears throat> all right. So, so this is from the World Economic Forum. It says this in part. Okay. Uh, it says here, COVID-19 lockdowns may be gradually easing, but anxiety about the world's social and economic pro prospects is only intensifying. There is good reason to worry. A sharp, sharp economic turndown has already begun, and we could be facing the worst depression since the 1930s. But while this outcome is likely, it is not unavoidable. To achieve a better outcome, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies from education to social contracts and working conditions. Every country from the United States to China must participate in every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. What is the World Economic Forum doing about this coronavirus outbreak? Responding to COVID-19 pandemic requires global cooperation among governments, international organizations, and the business community, which is at the center of the World Economic Forum's mission as International Organization for Public-Private Cooperation. You guys, do you see this? Do you see the, do you see the theme of the one world government here? Since its launch on the 11th of March, the forum's COVID action platform has brought together 1,600 and 67 stakeholders from 1,106 businesses and organizations to mitigate the risk and, and impact of the unprecedented global health emergency that, co that is COVID-19. The platform is created with the support of the World Health Organization and is open to all businesses and industry groups, as well as other stakeholders aiming to integrate and inform joint action. As an organization, the forum has a track record of supporting efforts to contain epidemics. In 2017, at our annual meeting, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, um, called CEPI, was launched, bringing together experts from government, business, health, academ academia, and civil society to accelerate the development of vaccines. CEPI is currently supporting the race to develop a vaccine against the strand of the coronavirus. There are many reasons to pursue a great reset, but the most urgent is COVID-19. Having already led to hundreds of thousands of deaths, the pandemic represents one of the worst public health crises in recent history, and with casualties still mounting in many parts of the world, it is far from over. This will have serious long-term consequences for economic growth, public debt, employment, and human well-being. According to the Financial Times, global government debt has already reached its highest, its highest level in peacetime. Moreover, unemployment is skyrocketing in many countries. In the U.S., for example, one in four workers have filed for unemployment since mid-March, with new weekly claims far above historic highs. The International Monetary Fund expects the world economy to shrink by 3%, this year, a downgrade of 6.3 percentage points in just four months. All of this will exas 
surbate the climate and social crises that were already underway. Some countries have already used the COVID-19 crisis as an excuse to weaken environmental protections and enforcements, and frustration over social ills like rising inequality. U.S. billionaires' combined wealth has increased during this crisis and are intensifying. Left unaddressed, these crises together with COVID-19 will deepen and leave the world even less sustainable, less equal, and more fragile. Fragile. Incremental measures and ad hoc fixes will not suffice to prevent this scenario, but we must build entirely new foundations for our economic and social systems. The level of cooperation and ambition this implies is unprecedented, but it is not some impossible dream. In fact, one silver lining of the pandemic is that it has shown how quickly we can make radical changes to our lifestyles. Almost instantly, the crisis forced businesses and individuals to abandon practices long claimed to be essential, from frequent air travel to working in an office. Likewise, populations have overwhelmingly shown a willingness to make sacrifices for the sake of health care and other essential workers and vulnerable populations, such as the elderly. And many companies have stepped up to support their workers, customers, and local communities in a shift toward the kind of stakeholder capitalism to which they previously paid lip service. Clearly, the will to build a better society does exist. Of course it does. We must use it to secure the great reset that we so badly need. That will require stronger and more effective governments, uh, though this does not imply an ideological push for bigger ones. Mm -hmm. And it will demand private sector engagement every step of the way. The Great Reset Agenda would have three main components. The first would steer the market toward fairer outcomes. To this end, governments should improve coordination, for example, in tax, regulatory, and fiscal policy. Upgrade trade, trade arrangements and create the conditions for a stakeholder economy. At a time of diminishing tax bases and soaring public debt, governments have a powerful incentive to pursue such action. Moreover, governments should implement long overdue reforms that promote more equitable outcomes. Depending on the country, these may include changes to wealth taxes, the withdrawal of fossil fuel subsidies, and new rules governing intellectual property, trade, and competition. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. The second component of the Great Reset Agenda would ensure that investments advance shared goals such as equality and sustainability. Here, the large-scale spending programs that many governments are implementing represent a major opportunity for progress. The European Commission, for one, has unveiled plans for a $750 billion pound, or let's Euros. say euro, $826 billion recovery fund. The U.S., China, Japan have ambitious economic stimulus plans. Rather than using these funds as well as investments from private entities and pension funds to fill cracks in the old system, we should use them to create a new one that's more resilient, equitable, and sustainable in the long run. This means, for example, building green urban infrastructure and creating incentives for industries to improve their track record on environmental, social, and governance metrics. The third and final priority of the Great Reset Agenda is to harness the innovations of the fourth industrial revolution to support the public good, especially 
especially by addressing health and social challenges. Mm -hmm. During the COVID-19 crisis, companies, universities, and others have joined forces to develop diagnostics, therapeutics, and possible vaccines. Mm -hmm. Establishing testing centers, create mechanisms for tracing infections, and deliver telemedicine. Imagine what could be possible if similar concerted efforts were made in every sector. Yeah, just imagine it, people. Imagine it with me. Yes, the COVID-19 crisis is affecting every facet of people's lives in every corner of the world, but tragedy need, need be not its only legacy. On the contrary, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, mm -hmm, and reset our world to create a healthier, more equitable, and a more prosperous future. The end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder who wrote that. Like, I wonder what spirit was behind that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nathan Jones. Schwab. Yeah. Nathan Jones from Land, Lamb and Lion Ministries. He's written an article titled ID 2020, The Chip and the Mark. That I read, that I am. Um... Yeah, we're running out of time, though. That's okay. We got time for this. Okay, it says here, there's a lot of talk right now about Microsoft's founder, Bill Gates, and his ID 2020 proposal to vaccinate and provide a digital ID that will track everybody across the world. Hey, raise your hand if you want to be tracked across the world by Bill Gates. <laughs> just curious. I mean, we're already being tracked with our phones, but, you know, just saying, if you'd like to, like, like willingly be tracked, just let me know. Um <clears throat> Willingly track with, with, with carrying your phone with the ID in your head, though. Okay, so for those people who are always on the hunt, looking at what technology may eventually turn into, uh, Revelation 13's Mark of the Beast, they're now exploring ID 2020 as a potential candidate. Where you place the timing of the rapture of the church as it relates to the tribulation really affects how much fear people, uh, what how much people fear they may accidentally or forcefully take the mark. Well, first of all, just so you know, guys, you will never take the mark of the beast accidentally. You will know exactly what you're doing. They're not going to trick you into it. You will know. So just get that out of your head, okay, that you're going to be tricked into it. <clears throat> take, for instance, a young man who visited my church's Bible study in the middle of the lesson. He just exploded in a panicky excitement, fervently exhorting us that when the time came to be beheaded by the Antichrist, to just put our heads in the guillotine and proudly have them chop off for Christ. Or during another lesson in the same fervor, uh, but with an opposite exhortation, a visiting gentleman from India implored that Christians play along and even deny Christ to protect themselves, erroneously adding that Jesus would forgive the denial. Or how about the story about a group in West Virginia who actually fought and won an exemption from the state's requirement that driver's license photos be stored in a government digital database because they thought they'd be participating in getting the mark of the beast? <clears throat> One of the members of the group, a physics teacher, even refuses to wear barcodes on name badges or allow his kids' pictures in their school yearbooks um, because of fears the pictures will end up in the Amber Alert database. These folks fear that Christians today, the church, will be living during the prophesied seven-year tribulation, and so they come the news daily wondering which charismatic leader is the Antichrist, or they stockpile food, water, precious metals, and survival gear in some backyard bomb shelter, and they lose a lot of sleep, fearing they 
uh, they have already accidentally taken the mark of the beast. Bear in mind, accepting the mark of the beast is not something to be taken lightly. It's as bad as the atheist group online who's collecting initiation videos from people blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you remember that, but that actually happened. That The end result of doing either of these is eternal separation from God and banishment to the lake of fire. See Revelation 14, 9 and 10. But Revelation 13 gives us enough information for a person to know when they have taken the mark. For one, the Antichrist would have to be ruling the world. Since he's not at the time, you're good. Secondly, since the mark is the Antichrist's key to controlling the world economy and Christians are currently buying and selling, you're good. Thirdly, the mark is very visible on, not in, either the right hand or forehead and is easily recognized as either the name or number of the beast. Since the Apostle John couldn't read barcodes for who can, no, don't fear them. Since earthquakes and meteors aren't leveling the planet and rivers and oceans aren't turning red, then the time is not right for the mark. So you're good. When it comes time to decide to accept the mark, you would know more clearly than was ever known which side you were choosing, God or Satan. The mark, pure and simple, is allegiance to Satan. Nobody will be tricked into taking it. You would know. Now, if you happen to be reading this after the mass disappearance of Christians from the earth in an event called the rapture, then yes, heed Revelation's 13 description and do not take the mark for it will mean great physical suffering while on earth and eternal damnation to the lake of fire. But if you're a Christian and waiting on the rapture, then please stop fearing that ID 2020 or microchips or barcodes or vaccinations are the mark of the beast. Relax and trust in God as God comforts us in Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and of good courage, people. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And he also says this in Hebrews 11.13 verse 6, in case you didn't know that. The writer of the Hebrews quotes Deuteronomy, yes. Yeah, he did. Or she. Maybe it was a girl. I don't know. But there we go. Okay, so now I got to see all these comments. Okay. Okay, do you guys know how much energy it takes to read that stuff? Okay. Hey, Barb. Barb is on YouTube. The mark of the beast decide who in their right mind would take anything to change their DNA. What might happen in four generations? We have puppies. Oh, puppies. Says Bible News Radio. That must be Randall. Uh, Ooh, puppies. Everything goes back to the real secret, the alien agenda. Doubt it not. I do not trust DT. Okay. Worse than anything is that they are letting old people die alone. I know, right? Didn't that irritate you? Yeah. It's a hoax. I believe it. And Jeannie says she's late again. What is it with you being late all the time? Okay, that's all right. Okay, so that's it on YouTube. And then there's some other comments over here. I think people are reading, commenting during this. I, th- I think Rob is on. Rob, you're talking a lot tonight. Um, yeah. So, Darren, they're, they're actually saying time for the Great Reset all over the world. Not surprising. And globalism is George Soros. I know that. George Soros, you know, he's so happy, isn't he? Have you ever seen a smile on George Soros's face? He's like Mr. Sourpuss, you know? Like, I mean, he's got all these wrinkles. He looks super old. 
you know. Anyway, let's see. I believe the end times is coming soon. The world is scary. This sounds like what the Antichrist will push. One world currency, economy, religion. Who are you saying has the mark of the beast? I'm not saying anybody has the mark of the beast. What we're saying is that you need not fear that you're actually getting the mark of the beast because some people are freaking out that they think that they're going to take the mark of the beast. And if they do, they're freaking out because they, they're thinking they may be tricked into it, but you can't be tricked into it. So we don't have to worry about it. Don't install iOS 13.5 and above as Apple placed a tracking API in there for their contract tracing. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Um, HR um, 6666. Yeah, 6666. As a technologist, chip plus tracing plus digital currency gets all the features needed for MOTB. Anderson, eventually the update will be required to keep using the phone. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. So you got to decide if you're going to use the phone or not. Okay, I might read everything else because it's all about that. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, don't fear you guys. Look, look, okay, I'm going to be honest. If I get a pain in my side or in my gut, I freak out. Okay, I mean, just saying you know, health anxiety, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just gas and I freak out because I'm like, what was that? And, you know, I'm over 50. So, you know, we all have it, people just saying, raise your hand if you ever get gas. We all know you do just saying. But here's the thing. When it comes to this stuff, there's no fear. As a Christian, here's the worst thing that can happen to you. And it's actually the best thing in a way. Right. So if you get killed, as a Christian, because you're a Christian, then like Paul, he said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, I mean, seriously, that's like your reward. Your reward is to be present with the Lord. Not a bad thing. But here's the thing, and this is what we need to probably end the show on, okay? So, I'm going to lift my, my leg up here and cross my, my leg here. Because my lower back is bugging me a little bit. Too much pickleball. Yeah, I know. There are people out there, and this is serious, so pay attention to what I'm going to say, okay? There, there, are people, there are people who don't know Jesus, you guys. There are a lot of people out there who have no hope. They walk around addicted to drugs, alcohol, pornography, money, you know, greed, they're wishing they, they need help. They need a savior. They need, they need somebody to save them from the, the crisis that they're in. You know, they're angry. Domestic violence is out there. Child sexual abuse, child sex trafficking, uh, abortion, homosexuality, immorality. You know, there people in the name of Christ preaching crap that has nothing to do with Jesus, offering people false hope, fleecing the flock. There's people out there who need Jesus, the real Jesus, right? Christ Jesus, who came down from heaven, was born of a virgin, and was raised and reared, lived a perfect sinless life, and then died on a cross for you and me, willingly laid down his life for us, and then three days later rose from the dead. People need that message. It's our job as believers 
who know that message to tell people that message. You know, remember when you first got saved, those of you who did get saved, remember the transformation in your heart, your mind, the, the alleviation of guilt that you had because of the sin you had committed, the forgiveness of sin that you got, right? It's so easy for believers to forget that because we live forgiven. We don't walk around with that guilt. We, we get convicted. That's a difference, right? We're convicted of our sin when we do something stupid, right? And hopefully we repent, because the Lord's like, hey, you know what? You just did that. You shouldn't do that. Can you do better next time? <laughs> yes. But there are people blowing their brains out every day, overdosing on drugs, etc. Because they don't have hope. And some Christians are afraid to give that hope because they're afraid that they might get called a name or, or be called a homophobe or, you know, whatever. In some countries, people die because they bear the name of Christ. And it's no mistake, you guys, it is so no mistake that the church was shut down during this crisis. Because the enemy knows that if he can silence the church, he's won the game. He's going to get more souls because the church won't be out there. They're going to live in fear. It's not our job to live in fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, not a crazy mind, not a delusional mind, but one that clearly thinks. And our faith is a reasonable faith. We have reason to believe why we believe what we believe from the word of God. The word of God is proven. It's tested. It's real. It's reliable. It's scientific. It's historical. It's miraculous, people. The Bible is an amazing book. You should read it. <laughs> you know, this week I challenged my daily disciples to read two books, the book of Ruth and the book of Jonah. All right, so the book of Ruth, amazing love story, right? You got Ruth, who is a Moabitess, who goes with her mother-in-law, Naomi. She leaves her country. She follows Naomi and her God. And in the end of the book, she is redeemed by the kinsman redeemer, Boaz. So it's an amazing love story that foreshadows what Christ did with, with us in the church. We've been redeemed by the kinsman redeemer, Christ himself. That's a great thing, right? There's so much more to that book, but that's the gist of it in a nutshell. The book of Jonah, Randall and I, well, I read it to Randall this morning. It took, what, six minutes or something? It wasn't that long. But the book of Jonah... Is an amazing book because Jonah <clears throat> was a prophet who willfully disobeyed God. God wanted him to go to uh, the Ninevites, who were his arch enemy, and he wanted him to tell the Ninevites that they needed to repent because if they didn't, he was going to go ahead and destroy the country, right? Just wipe them all out. Jonah decides instead to jump on a boat and go the opposite direction. <laughs> And while he's on a boat, all of a sudden, there's this massive storm, you know? And the people are crying out, hey, what the heck's going on here? And Jonah is downstairs in the boat taking a nap. Yeah, true story. Well, anyway, so long story short, the other people on the boat, they were like, hey, this guy's asleep. He's probably the problem. Let's interrogate him about who he is and who his God is. 
So they do. And basically, you know, Jonah says, well, you, you should probably throw me overboard because, uh, yeah. And, and then the, and then the storm will stop. And so they do. They throw him overboard. Jonah gets swallowed by a big fish. While he's in the fish, he says a prayer right before he dies. Right? Uh, God revives him. The fish throws him up. Vomits him on dry land. I'm pretty sure of it. He probably looked like, you know, um, there's actual cases in history of, of people being swallowed by a big fish. And these people that have been swallowed by a big fish, they end up coming out very white and scary looking. Well, this is extremely important to Nineveh because they worshipped their god, which was a god that looked like a fish. So Jonah's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to preach to Nineveh. He does, and Nineveh repents. Interesting thing about this, too, if you go and you read, I think it's in chapter 3 of Jonah. The leadership, the king of Nineveh, tells everybody in the nation to repent and not eat anything and to put sackcloth and ashes all over them, including the animals, people. <laughs> I thought that was so interesting. So the animals can't eat and the people can't eat. And as a whole nation, they decided to not eat and actually to repent. And God, who is full of grace and mercy and compassion, he relented and decided not to destroy Nineveh. Meanwhile, God's chosen prophet, Jonah, gets really ticked off that God was showed compassion and mercy on Nineveh, his arch enemies. So what's Jonah do? He goes and he sulks and basically tells the Lord, hey, I want to die. So what does God do? He actually grows Jonah a plant overnight so that he could have some shade because it was hot out. So the plant grows Jonah is happy about the plant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is. He's totally happy about it. Well, the next day, God appoints a worm to go and destroy the plant so that the plant dies and Jonah doesn't have any um, shade. And Jonah gets all upset about this, you know. And God points out to his prophet, you have more compassion for this plant than you do the people. And I would say that sometimes believers today have more compassion and more passion for things that have absolutely nothing to do with reaching the lost for Christ. And that's where we got to change as a people, as followers of Christ. Jesus had us in mind, right? In Hebrews, it says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Well, what was the joy set before Christ? You guys, it was you. It was me. Almost 2,000 years ago, when Christ mounted up on the cross to die for our sin, he had you and me in mind all these years later. I believe, personally, we are of the generation that will see the church raptured. I believe that since I became a believer in the 80s. I believe it to this day. I think now more than ever, we need to get out there, you guys, and share the gospel with people. I don't care if you're doing it on social media. Place the scripture. Send somebody. Ask them, how can I pray for you? People will always tell you how they can pray for you. 
send them a card. <laughs> I'll do it for you for free. Just give me the name and the address and I will send them a card on your behalf. A nice card, by the way. You know? And, and that's the thing. That's what it's about. All this baloney, yeah, it's going to happen. You know why it will happen? The one world government will come. The Antichrist will come. The world will turn against Israel. Yes, that will all happen. It's going to happen. It will happen. I have no doubt it's going to happen because everything else prophesied in the word of God has come to pass. And there's still stuff left. And if God's going to fulfill everything else so far, he will fulfill that too. You know, and there's going to be a generation that's going to be raptured. Why not us? Do you know that we are in history? Israel, when Israel was reestablished in 1948, in May of 1948, when the nation of Israel was born in a day and came back into existence, the end times just started just accelerating towards the end. Here it is 2020, you guys. It's 2020. 2020, man. We're in 2020. We're halfway through 2020. All that time has passed. And all this stuff has happened. And, you know, we got technology all over the world, right? And, and you know, the gospel is going out all over the world. More people need to be saved, though. So this is my charge to you. As your sister in the Lord, as your mom in the Lord, whatever you want to call me. What I will tell you is that don't delay. People die every day. You know what? You do not know what your expiration date is. You don't know what your day of rapture is. You don't know if you're going to be a part of the rapture, what day that will be. And somebody else, you know, they, you, you don't know. You don't know. That's why you need to tell people every day about Christ and what he did. Because you know what? The worst day here in America or wherever you're at in the world is not going to compare to the worst place in hell when somebody you love goes there because they didn't know. You know? And there are mockers and scoffers out there. They're going to go, oh, well, hell doesn't exist, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to go, whatever. I don't really care what you say. I listen to God's word. God's word says it exists. So I'm going to tell you, and if you make fun of me, oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> You know, and that's the thing. You got to care more about what God thinks than what other people think, right? If you're a man pleaser, you're never going to stand as a believer because too much mockery and insults and all that comes against you. But if you know God's word and you have God's word hidden in your heart and you're confident in what you know and who you believe in, there's no fear. And you can go out there boldly and stand for Jesus and he will honor you. That is a, that is a truth. And Jesus said that if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. If you deny me before man, I will deny you before my father. Those are tough words that you don't hear much, you know? So who is with me, people? How many of you want to recommit your life to the Lord right now and then recommit your life to sharing the gospel with people? Recommit your life to reading the Bible every day. Recommit your life to doing something as a daily disciple, right? It's not about money. It's about souls. S-O-U-L-S. In the end, that's what this whole thing we're all in is about. It's about who's, who's going to get your soul. 
The devil or God? Who's going to win? Right? You know? And I would say this too. Put your money where people are putting souls first. Not money. Right? Don't fund people that are going to, like, fund your, what God hates. (laughs) You know? It's just irritating. It's like, why are you doing that? It's like, why vote for somebody that's going to kill a baby? Don't do that. You know what I mean? Um, and, and be brave. Be bold, right? Be bold. Stand up. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Because I'm going to tell you something. I remember right after 9-11, I know I'm going a little over, but I was in graduate school right after 9-11 happened. I went to a Christian college I was studying to be a marriage and family therapist and the fear and the angst in some of the leadership at my school because they wouldn't share the hope of Christ in a Christian college blew me away. And I'll never forget one of the teachers came up to me after I shared during a, um, a meeting uh, praying for people who were scared because Islam had attacked us. Um, and I, I made the comment, you know what? There are people out there like Pastor Rick Warren who are who are trying to tell people in the church that Islam and Christianity are the same thing. They serve the same God. <clears throat> that is so wrong. Islam does not serve the God I serve. Islam tells their devout followers to blow themselves up with maybe kind of sort of the hope that they would inherit paradise with some virgins, right? My God doesn't tell me to go around blowing myself up with the hope of I'm going to get something in paradise. No, my God says he died for me. That's the difference. Every other religion in the world tells you you got to work somehow to get what it is that that supposed reward is going to be, with the exception of Christianity, which is the real religion, the, the one true God, the one true religion. I remember doing that, and this person came up to me afterwards, and they hugged me, and they whispered in my ear, thank you so much for saying what you said because they couldn't say what I said because of the guidelines in school, even a Christian school. Same school, I spoke out about homosexuality, how homosexuals can change. Yeah, they can. I laid down my career after 13 years of earning my degree and and five years of earning all hours, 3,000 hours of internship training so that I could be a therapist, I laid my career down because when that when the government in California told me that I can't help a, a, a person who struggles with unwanted same-sex attraction, that I couldn't give them hope and say, yeah, you can change, I was like, okay, Lord, you say everybody can change. You can change everybody. So you know what? I'm walking away from it. 18 years of my life pursuing that. I could have made a lot of money as a therapist. Maybe not a ton, but a lot more than I make doing Bible News Radio. What I can tell you is I walked away from that. Why? Because I'm not going to tell somebody who wants help from a sin that they can't change, that they have to be that way. Mm-mm. That ain't happening on my watch. You know, if somebody addicted to drugs came to me and said, hey, I need help with this addiction. Do you think I'd turn them away? No. I mean, why? Why? 
And yet our world tells people, oh, it's okay. If it feels good, do it. Just go ahead, keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Doesn't matter what the consequences are. Whatever. You can drink and drive, whatever. You know, you can do this, you can do that. And we wonder why people are in the situation that they're in. It's because they have no hope, people. And we are the ones that have the Holy Spirit who changes lives and gives hope. And we are the ones who have to go out there and be his ambassadors because that's what he calls us. And what does an ambassador do? They represent the kingdom or the nation or whatever it is that they're representing. Their way They wear the uniform. They speak on that person's behalf. Don't you know how what an honor that is? I mean, God chose you. In case you haven't figured that out, the Bible says God chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. And so if he chose you, go do your job. <laughs> Just saying, put your armor on, get out there and go tell, go do your job. Be an ambassador. Tell people, represent Christ who he sent you out there. Look, I can't get everybody. You have to go to where you're supposed to go. So go do it. Right? If you want me to kick you in the pants, I will. Go do what God has told you to do. Your mission field's right between your two feet, right? You guys got people I can't reach. There you go, people. All right, I'm going to cry, so I'm going to end the show. Can <laughs> I get all emotional? I don't feel like getting emotional on camera, but that's where I'm at. And um, so, you know, just do what I said and you'll be good. All right. <laughs> all right. Because I love you. Some of you I love differently than others, but I do love you. <laughs> All right. All right. So tomorrow night, <clears throat> I I actually, by the way, I'm going to tell you, I do have some really cool guests coming on this show in the next couple of weeks. Um, but tomorrow night, I don't have a guest, not yet. Um, but I will, you know, and so you guys hopefully will be able to do that. If you're not on my text message list, join my text message list. Text Bible News to 33222. Uh, if you don't remember how to do that, just message me. Give me your phone number. I'll put you on my text message list. Join my Daily Disciples group in my Facebook group. Because during the week, I'm trying to update that with little videos in there. Hope, you know, trying to encourage you. Also, if you want to donate to our show, please. Anything you can give us will help. We still got outstanding bills for our dog, Tuggy Bear. Uh, we, we need about $1,400 for our nonprofit that we're putting together. Um, you know, we do got expenses. So, you know, we're not going to say, hey, if you donate $5 million to us tonight, you will get, you know, we're not doing any of that crap. If you like what we do, just donate to the show. Just five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you got, you know, just donate at BibleNewsRadio.com. Okay. And, um, and then of course, share the show out on your social media platforms. If you can do that and tag me in it, uh, on wherever you're at, then that's great. I'll retweet you or share it. I'll reshare it on my platform because all the platforms hide us and they, they do, they hide us. So if you share out at least maybe one or two more people will get to see it. Um, and I think that's it for now. Randall, you have anything you want to say? No, ma'am. I feel like I've talked a lot. Um, but that's it. Okay, so as I always say, be bold, people. Stand up and go.
Go with God, people, because he loves you. And you got to go tell people that. So go do it.